For those of you who don't know me, my name's Daniel, and I'm um, presently an intern here at New Community. And uh, today, I'm going to be talking about the gratefulness blockade. So I was in my bed uh, yesterday, and I, was, uh, I woke up to a, phone call, a missed phone call and a missed text. There's this guy uh, who I had met actually a couple nights before. Um, I was driving a buddy home from the airport. He was in need. He had like this flat tire. I tried to help him out for like two hours at midnight. And uh, it was kind of a big ordeal. Um, and I didn't really get to help him. Actually, the only thing I really accomplished was I got pulled over by cop because he was wondering why I was driving around at 1 a.m. in this sketchy industrial neighborhood. And then eventually I just ended up buying them some McChicken sandwiches uh, and like helping just saying good luck because they wouldn't let me give them a ride home. They wanted to stay with their vehicle. So that was that. But then he calls me yesterday and... Uh, I, I looked at his text, and he'd run out of gas, okay? And uh, he asked me if I could help him fill his tank. And so I was like, man, I really don't feel like it. <laughs> like, I am a poor college student. I have $14 in my bank account, literally, right now, $14. And uh, I had $6 in cash in my wallet, and I was like, dude, I really... Uh, have budgeted this smartly uh, to go to watch Interstellar tonight. Uh, and I just, if I help him, I can't do that, you know? And man, I, this is where the Holy Spirit came in and he spoke to me. And you know what he said was, he was like, Daniel, you are, have a heart of, of want right now. Basically, a heart of want means a heart of covetousness. Um, and, and covetousness is just like you are in this practiced state of, this is my definition, but you are in this practiced state of wanting all the time. You know, I was making my satisfaction like holding on to my money instead of seizing this opportunity to sow into God's kingdom and do his work. I was so like kind of upset that I had to miss Interstellar and then give this guy money, you know, that I don't have much of. And you know what? I think uh, I'm not, like, giving up my responsibility here, but I think that I was a victim of our culture in, in some ways, you know? And it, well, not just culture. There's human nature and our culture involved. But, like, when times get tight, when things get hard and don't go our way, don't we hold on? Don't we have this kind of situational tunnel vision and we're just like, we, we find our satisfaction in security and just trying to do our best to hold on, you know? Um, I think we also, in times of plenty, especially in times of plenty, um, that feeds our, our hunger for want, doesn't it? And we all experience this. I mean, think about how many of the things you want right now. I mean, you want, God, I just wish that he would notice me in my class, right? Why can't he just say that I've been, like, popping all these hints around, that I like him, you know? Or, or man, I wish, I wish my wife would just be a little better at her job, right? I mean, I don't know. There's things that we want. Man, I wish I had that car. That pair of boots looks hot, you know? <laughs> how many people have a Pinterest page? How many, how many people's Pinterest page is, is loaded with things, Right? We're in this constant state of want. 
And it's societal. It's also a human problem. But man, I think that the Holy Spirit would say to us that that is not how He would have us live. Aren't we supposed to be dependent and, and content with God? Isn't God enough for us? Doesn't He provide all of our wants and all of our needs? Well, maybe not all of our wants, right? But all of our needs for sure. You know, Paul talks about this. He really helps us out. When he wrote his letter to Philipp- in the Philippians, to the Philippians, he wrote his letter to the Philippians. <laughs> um, he really helps us out with this how. How do I be grateful in this world of covetousness and is pra- practicing just want and being dissatisfied? Let's turn to that, or you can read it on the screen. Uh, but in Philippians 4, he, in, in verse 10 through 13, Paul talks about this. He had just received a gift from this Philippian church, and so what he says is, he says, I rejoice greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking in need of being in need. So he's saying, hey, that was awesome. I'm super grateful, but I, I'm not in need. He's saying in reference to that, I, I want you to know, one, that I'm, I'm rejoicing because of you, but then also know that I'm not in need. Listen to what he says uh, in verse 11. For I have learned, this is the second half, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. The big idea of this passage is really that God enables us to... God, God what did I put? Hold on, go to the next slide. God makes us be able to make contentment our circumstance. Instead of what? Instead of the flipped around, right? Isn't that how it normally is, right? Isn't it not how, that's not how it works usually? Usually, circumstance dictates our contentment, doesn't it? Whether we have whatever it is that we're coveting. But man, Paul in this passage is saying, God enables us to make contentment our circumstance. Not of, but make contentment our very circumstance. To be content. Listen to what Paul says in verse 11. He says, Not that I'm speaking being need, for I've learned in whatever situation I'm to be content. This is, I want to say two things about this big idea. One is that it's learned. Just like Russ was talking about earlier. Um, it's a discipline. It's not a natural thing for us to be content. It's a natural thing for us to want. As a matter of fact, this world, if you don't have hope in Jesus Christ, you should want because all you got is this. This is it, man. And you should want as much fulfillment and satisfaction as you could possibly muster in this life because you ain't got nothing outside of that. But for us that are in Christ Jesus, who have a hope in Him, then we have so much more. Not only in the next life, but now. It's learned. It's a discipline. We have to practice it. Listen to what else he says. Not that I am speaking of uh, being in need, uh, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. This is what God has for us, is that we are to be content. 
he says, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I mean, Paul knows all about being in need. Like he's writing, he's writing from prison in Rome right now to a place where he was beaten and in prison as well, in, in Philippi. I mean, remember Paul and Silas in the jail? They sang the songs, and the gates open, and da-da-da, flipping jailer. That's, that's Philippi. That's who he's writing to. Paul knows all about that. Paul also knows about God providing for him and having an abundance. But he says in both circumstances where the human tendency, we have to admit, is to want, no matter what, whether you're in need or not, he learned how to be content in God. And you know what he says to that? He says in verse 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This wasn't this sort of human, secular, humanist mantra that we Christians flip around. You know, I mean, the, 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 the secular world would say, uh, you can do anything you want. Paul isn't really talking to that. He's saying, according to circumstances and contentment, God provides you everything you need. Your satisfaction is in God. And so God provides or makes a way for us to make contentment our very situation all the time. And so as we progress through, we're going to sing a couple more songs. We're going to uh, take some communion, but I have some suggestions for us uh, of how to spend the rest of our time, how to spend the rest of this day, how to spend the rest of the week, even leading up to Thanksgiving and beyond. Three things I think we can do that will be helpful for us. One is that we can pray. We can pray for God to open our eyes. Pray for God. Um, you can move. There's uh, it's a couple of slides past that. Yeah, pray it out. Um, pray for God to open our eyes to where we're at and our sin in our hearts. And we can also pray that God would change us. And then the third, the second thing we can do is we can think as well. Think about your situation. Think about how you're coveting, how you're practicing want and being dissatisfied with God. I think the analogy, I'm, I'm running out of time, but the analogy that we, I was thinking is like, we're, we're like Charlie in the chocolate factory, right? We got the golden ticket. We know Wonka. He gave the ticket to us. And he also told us that we could have the factory. But it's like, it's like we're Charlie and we have the factory, but we're still looking for candy in, like, the outside world. We're still looking for candy in relationships. We're still looking for candy in stores. We're still looking for candy in other circumstances. But we have a chocolate factory. His name is the Holy Spirit. He never leaves. You know, you can leave the chocolate factory. Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Right? Cool analogy. Anyway, sorry. Um... So we can think it out. We can think about our circumstances, and then we can also think about, um, you know, maybe, uh, so that's our, our current state without God and how things we want them to be. And then think of our current state with Christ. And when we sing these hymns and songs, we're going to think about the gospel. We're going to think of everything that we've been given by God and how gracious he is. That is going to be helpful for our situation. And lastly, some practical things to act it out through this week and maybe the weeks to come, is I encourage you to, um, to put on uh, just a heart of repentance. 
Just say, God, I, I don't want this. I want to change. God, would you help me change? And then maybe some practical things for you doers out there. Actually, I hope we're all doers, but I was thinking maybe we could read Philippians through the week. Philippians is a great uh, book to read about contentment and satisfaction. So read it maybe today a couple times. Short little book, and then read it throughout the week. And then finally, maybe you can also, um, uh, yeah, memorize Philippians 4, 10 through 13. Memorize those verses and let those... These, these verses that we went over fuel you today. So um, as the band comes up, I'm just going to give you some space to maybe think about what we just learned, that God enables us to... Um, go ahead, band. You can... Um, but God enables us to make our circumstance now um, uh, satisfaction in Him. Right? God enables us to be content because He's our all. And we, don't, we can't have that outside of him. So let's just take some time. I'm going to give you like maybe a, a full minute of silence. Why don't you just pray? Contemplate. And then I'll end it in prayer.